Hello, hello, combatants. It's good to have you back, and we're excited to have you here today. It's always a great feeling to have our dear friends return and express their indelible support. If you're running into this episode and happen to be new around here, welcome to the club. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you've come to the right place, my friend. Do us a kind favor by spreading the word to your friends and clicking that follow or subscribe button. When it comes to today's special, joined with us is the astonishing Dana He. Dana has been involved with the classic Mortal Kombat films since the very beginning, doing a lot of the stunt work, famously playing Melina in Annihilation, and taking on the recurring role of one of Quan Chi's deadly assassins, Sion, in Threshold's TV series, Mortal Kombat Conquest. Dana has a past full of experience, and we're thrilled to show you more about that with this particular special. With those words being said, let's leap over to today's interview. Okay, everyone, the interview begins now. We are accompanied by the magnificent Dana He. This is something Kamidogu has been looking forward to for a long time. Welcome to the show, Dana, and before we start, I'd like to say thank you kindly for appearing on today's episode. You're very, very welcome, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, always happy to talk about Mortal Kombat or other movies. It's It's been a blast, uh, a good 20 years in the film business. Yeah, it's been quite the experience, I'm sure. <laughs> so, Dana, oh, yeah. you are actually... You're actually an Olympic gold medalist for full contact fighting in Taekwondo. To kick off this interview, enlighten our audiences on these type of experiences along with your diverse background in martial arts. Um, well, let's see. Um, so I'm actually wearing my red, white, and blue. <laughs> uh, just oh, for the occasion. <laughs> um... I try to get in the spirit whenever I can uh, because the opportunities are few and far between, but it's something that you never want to forget. Uh, I, I trained for two and a half years to make the Olympic team, which seems like a very short time, but I trained my butt off. <laughs> um, like yeah. I started out, started out like four or five hours a day, then ended up six to eight, and then it was like 10 hours a day. And it was, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's of, something. Of, yeah, and I had a lot of injuries as a result and trying to you know, overtraining and stuff like that. So I would be like in the ice whirlpool, like after workouts, sitting, sitting in there, like trying to uh, get my muscles to heal. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Now, I believe that you were Talissa Soto's stunt double in the 1995 movie. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I played the character Melina. Um, I stunt double. Oh, an annihilation, Jade. yes. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, annihilation. Uh, so, no, no. So, that was the only one that I did, Talissa Soto. So, uh, annihilation was uh, Katana. Jade and uh, Sindel, in, in addition to playing uh, Melina. Oh, very good. Yeah, it was a, it was fun, especially doing the fan work for Talisa Soto. The fans were like, yeah. I, I, I can't see it on screen, but they were huge, and they were made of heavy metal. And I'm thinking, who the heck designed this? I mean, you're trying to <laughs> maneuver like, you know. <laughs> With two fans spread out that are like, you know, twice the width of my shoulders. And and I'm like, holy jeez. And then you're like supposed to click them open and then close them up again. And <laughs> it was funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I remember you saying they were made of full metal. So they were just incredibly heavy and sort of awkward to, to use, right? Extremely. Yeah, there's no way that yeah. Talisa could have done that. Yeah, it would have been tough. <laughs> it takes a certain person. 
Hey, someone that gets paid money for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about the auditioning process for uh, Annihilation in 97, as well as um, just how easy, probably, it was to audition for Conquest. Um, okay, well, it started out with the first Mortal Kombat movie. And I actually got hired to uh, train uh, the actress Sandra Hess. Um, oh wait, wait, I'm sorry, that was Bridget Wilson. Bridget Wilson. And so yeah, I, tra- I worked on. Yeah, I worked on that film, training her for martial arts, and then I did a couple moves for her before they headed to Thailand. But all the rest was her. I mean, she. She studied well. Um, you wow. know, when the fights could have been better. We could have had a little more pizzazz to them, but um, I thought she did sure. really well overall. Yeah. Considering she was sort of thrown in there, from my understanding, uh, rather last minute, uh, I have a question for you. Did you also train uh, Cameron Diaz for a little while? Yes. Yes, on Charlie's Angels. Uh, but oh, most Angels. of that on Charlie's Angels. Uh, but most of that training was actually done by the the Hong Kong crew that we had. Um, we trained also stunt people. We trained on the side, and then the actresses trained separately. They had that many people, and wow. uh, she did a, she did a phenomenal job. I was really amazed at her athletic ability. Because um, Cameron Diaz was actually cast as Sonya Blade originally until she broke her wrist and then they had to replace her with uh, Bridget Wilson. Yes, yes. Good memory. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> that darn, darn. I kind of wish it was Cameron. Sorry, Bridget. but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. There you Cameron's have, a sweetheart. <laughs> Cameron's a sweetheart to work with. We've done quite a few movies. Wonderful. Uh, so Sandra Hess, who played Sonia in Annihilation, has stated before that her most unpleasant experience during the movie uh, may have been the Molina fight scene because it was so intensely cold and uncomfortable uh, doing the ordeal. Was this moment also really challenging for you, Dana? Uh, what would you say was your least and most favorite fight to do in all these projects? Oh, wow. In all the projects, uh, you're running up against Mortal Kombat Conquest TV series, and those were the best. Yes. Those, yes, thank you. <laughs> it took martial artists who were real martial artists who had real skills, and then they said, hey, what are you good at? Let's throw that in the fight. I mean, that's unheard of in our business. Normally, you arrive on set, it's all choreographed, doesn't matter what you're good at, what you're not good at. Um, so the fights in Mortal Kombat Conquest were the most fun overall. Um, but, uh, you know, they're all fun. And the fight, in the, the fight with Bridget Wilson, I mean, with Sandra Hess, that was in a hurricane in Wales in the mud. And so we were freezing our butts off. Meanwhile, our director standing over there, Larry Kazanoff, in full Arctic gear. <laughs> We're like, he would, he would. This is, that's not fair, man. <laughs> oh. So, but we made it through. Yeah. How, how long would you uh, estimate that that took? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. But uh, maybe uh, almost all day. Yeah. Okay. At least wow. A good five, a good five hours. Yeah, uh, because we're dealing with mud and and you know you have to have a lot of retakes and let's see. Then I then I accidentally broke the stunt double's nose for Sandra for for uh, Sandra Hess. <laughs> we I was doing a I was doing a push uh, uh, kick from the rock to a hook kick across her face yeah. and they kept telling me she was inexperienced 
and and she they kept telling her just get closer just get closer and i'm like no <laughs> don't get closer <laughs> and she did and she just stuck her face right smack in the middle of my foot and oh i felt oh. so bad I, oh, I these bad. things happen though but yeah i bet yeah, they do. Not, not only were you, uh, Melina in Annihilation, but yes, as you said, uh, you filled in for uh, Talissa during her action scenes. Um, did you have any like major, major uh, mistakes or injuries while uh, wielding the fan, though? Uh, actually, no. Um, oh, no, somehow managed to get her done and. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're under pressure and, you know, you got the cameras rolling, you do whatever it takes to get the, to get the shot. Yeah. Uh, here at Kamidoku, we've heard of some very hilarious bloopers that had occurred behind the scenes. Are there any oh, humorous oh, memories you have during the making of Mortal Kombat, whether it's the movies or TV shows? No, I have a really good one from the Long Kiss Goodnight. <laughs> Go for it. I, okay, okay. So, so they hire me because I'm an Olympic athlete, Olympic gold medalist, and they're just assuming that I'm very athletic, which I thought I was. <laughs> but they kept my boss kept telling me practice going over a three foot fence, and in my neighborhood in Studio City, I couldn't find a three foot fence. And, and it just seemed weird going through the neighbors' yards, hopping their fences, the ones that did have them. <laughs> so, so, so I just thought, oh, I'm an athlete. I can. I, I used to be a high jumper. I can do this. We get to set. I have shoes that are three sizes too large. They're slippery soled. Oh, no. They're they're booted. And meanwhile, I'm supposed to. My action is to come down a hill, around a cor tight corner, uh, run and jump the bush. <laughs> and every time I came around the corner, I slid out. <laughs> and then, and oh, then when I, I went to jump, yeah. And then when I went to jump the bush, um, I, I just just couldn't get the, the flight. Oh, oh, I had a heavy rifle and skates in my hand, so I just couldn't get the lift. And so I kept brushing the brush, and the and the director looks at me like, "So what's the problem?" And he goes over and he like, you know, vaults over the fence. Now the court, the guy's like six, seven. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that was no comparison at all. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, and then another time that I was, we were practicing, I actually took off on the wrong foot and landed straddle legged across the fence. And as you can imagine, that hurt like heck. <laughs> Absolutely. And the crew, the entire crew was laughing. They, they, were, they, were, they were like snickering behind there. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. some Olympic athlete we have here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something you'll never forget, Dana. <laughs> no. No, I have a book called My Dirty Laundry, and uh, it's definitely going to be in there. <laughs> Fantastic. You're on file to say that you still own uh, Sion's costume from Conquest. Did you happen to keep anything uh, from the films when you worked on those? Uh, maybe uh, you got lucky enough to have Melina's size or anything like that? Uh, I'm, the size I actually gave to a friend of mine not too long ago. Um, she was Whoa. just all enthralled. She was all enthralled with them. And so I'm like, well, here. And then I had a Chinese rope dart that I gave her. From Charlie's Angels, that was really cool. It was a real dart. I mean, I mean, heavy metal. That if you hit someone with it, it would knock them out or take out their eye. And um, sure, but uh, yeah, no. As far as costumes, unfortunately, I lost the Molina one. I don't know what happened to it. It went oh. SOL. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry. That was a Sienna one. Sienna one. And the Molina one, oh, the I never had. one. Yeah. Okay. So I had I had I had the CN one, the black bustier and black yes. skirt. And um I don't know what happened to it. And 
boy, I haven't seen the Molina costume since I wore it. But that's okay. It wasn't one of the best costumes. <laughs> I <love the> Straight up. <laughs> I like I like the new the newer version. You know the the Mortal Kombat that came out and uh, the the last one. Uh, what was it? Oh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, Mortal Kombat film. Oh, twenty twenty one. Holy jeez, I'm way behind the times. But um, yeah, no, I much enjoyed that version of you know Molina. Oh, so yeah, you got a kick fun. out of uh, CC Stringer's uh, performance as well? Did you enjoy her take? I did. I did. I mean, it was just really gross, you know, the face. Yeah. And I thought that was a great addition. <laughs> and then the fight at the very, very beginning, um, uh, Hiroshi oh, with- and uh, the black, the Japanese yes. guy and the Chinese guy. It was great. That was. That was so cool. That was actually my favorite fight scene of the whole movie was the first one. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, mine too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, there was supposed to be a third Mortal Kombat movie uh, released after Annihilation originally. Uh, Chris Casamassa and Donnie Moropis have even confirmed that they were supposed to be in it and have also read the script. Uh, out of curiosity, were you also attached to this film, Dana? Um, it, I hate to, to to be the bearer of bad news, but um, and that was a fairly quickly talked about um, possibility, and it never came to fruition. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they were considering me or not. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, Okay. There was, there was talk about that we were going to do it. Um, we, I thought, meant me too, but um, who knows? <laughs> uh, but it just just never rolled around. And, and yeah, with the pandemic, it's, re- it's really things, too bad. Yeah, with the pandemic, things changed a lot. A lot of movies didn't get made. Um, yeah, you just never know. You shared a lot of screen time on Conquest with uh, Donnie Moropis, uh, Renee Tennyson, and the very successful Jamie Presley. Do you have any fond memories or stories when it comes to working with them? Uh, you know, I found it interesting um, working with women. Uh, okay, most of my life, 20 years, I've worked with guys. I mean, I, usually I'm the stunt double for the lead actress. And then all the rest of the spots generally are filled up, uh, filled up with guys. There's very few roles that are given to women. And um, so anyway, so it was one of the first times, not the first time, but one of the first times that I was actually wa- working with a triage, you know, of girls. <laughs> and yep. it, and it's, fascinating, it's fascinating how you learn to start positioning yourself so that you get seen by the camera or that your scene is, you know, better than maybe theirs, or, you know, and if they say something, uh, you know, then hopefully I say something better. <laughs> and that sure. comes down to editing. That comes down to editing. So my, I have my edited version online, but there's some <clears throat> verbiage cut out, so it sounds like I'm in control, I am in power. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's all, it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but in real um, life, I wish it was. <laughs> in, in, in real life, I wish it was you know, me, I'm in power or whatever. But uh, no, that scene belonged to our beautiful blonde lady. It's so famous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I thought you... All three views were great. It worked out wonderfully. And Adani was just phenomenal as Quan Chi. Do you have any funny memories or anything like that with him on set? Just his makeup. <laughs> I mean, just look, at him. <laughs> just look at him up close and you're like going, okay, <laughs> uncle. Oh. Kowtow. <laughs> Kowtow. It's a lot. And, and it's a lot. And, and that. And that voice that he has is great. You know, there's that scene yes. where, you know, Quan Chi is talking and and myself and um, 
What's the black lady's name? Oh, I forget her name. The my antagonist. Oh, Sora. She's where she. Sora, Sora. Yes, thank you. So Sora's like you know mumbling off to me some words or something, and I I go <laughs> and grab her by the neck. <laughs> You know, and, and so meanwhile, Quan Chi is like, you know, talking away and stuff. And he's like, all right, you girls, behave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. Did you ever have any fun outings with uh, the cast? Oh, yes, all the time. Um, yeah, we stayed at ah. the beautiful uh, Disney World uh, studio. There was there's a studio right behind Disney World. It's a huge studio, and there's tons of places to film in Florida, in Orlando, and so we spent a long time at the studio and in different locations out and about. Um, when we had time off, we would all get together for dinner or for an outing or something. And so yeah, it was a pretty tight it was a pretty tight group because we constantly had the top martial artists coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving. And so it was this great base of just knowledge and, and spirituality. And it was really cool. Yeah. When we had Larry Kasnoff on the show, he said specifically that if there was a person halfway across the world who could do a certain move or a certain flip better than somebody else, he would send them in. It was absolutely incredible. Yes, yes. He really, really hunted. He had audition after audition after audition uh, in Santa Monica area uh, looking for the best of the best. And so literally on the TV series, we did have the best. Uh, the funny thing is a lot of tall, thin girls don't really, aren't very athletic. So my job was I played Melina, I stunt doubled Taja, the main character, and then I stunt doubled like probably like five or six of the other girls because they're just tall, thin girls who don't really do much. <laughs> so they, look pretty, they look pretty. They look pretty. <laughs> give, it, uh, give them that. <laughs> and I thought they were acting. One of my favorite... Yes, yes. Uh, one of my favorite fight scenes for MK Conquest took place in the episode Flawed Victory. It's Sion versus Ciro <laughs> and Taja. Tell us a little bit about some of these ambitious fights and a few of the great challenges that you faced while performing these. Now, wasn't that also with Kung Lao? Uh, yes, it was Kung Lao versus the, the, the three. The three girls, right. It was a big fight, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that was a blast. Uh, you know, obviously, as three girls, you know, you're kind of mixing and matching. You know, one girl goes in, the one girl goes out, and, you know, you do X moves. And, and then, but then it came down to the very end where it was me and Kung Lao. And um, yeah. so I do this move like a ridge hand, and I flip him, and then I come down with a knife, and I'm like, you know, right there, right at his throat you know, with the knife. And then I forget what happens. <laughs> uh, I think it was a Taja who attacks you from behind and then you get up and then the three of you run away. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember everything. Too many hits to the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm an MK Conquest fanatic. That is my all-time favorite television show. So, I've watched it a million times. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. It was just a blast to make. Yeah, when when else do you have a chance to get together with some of the best of the best in the world? That's, that was pretty amazing. Very true. Um. Okay, so besides Sion, you said you were Taja in the show, Melina... But you can't quite remember any other names, eh? You just said you were sort of like a whole bunch of them. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Which show? Which show? Uh, Conquest. Oh, okay. So Conquest, uh, no, it was uh, myself. I'm sorry. And it was Sion. Sion was my character name with the black bustier yes. and the black skirt. 
And uh, so then I stunned double Taja, uh, playing my character Sion. Oh, my apologies for that mix-up. Um, and then like five or six other girls, I couldn't tell you their names. Yeah. Tall, okay, tall, tall. But, but you said you also stunt doubled for Taja, though, I mean. Oh, Correct. all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was one time awesome. where we needed uh, a stunt double for Taja. And, um, oh, and my character was supposed to do a flip. And I don't, I, I can flip off of a mini tramp, but I don't flip in the, normally. You know, just that's not my deal. And I'm not a gymnast. And so we had a stunt double for me and fighting Taja. <laughs> so I was oh. fighting. I was being Taja. I was being Taja and my friend was being me. <laughs> no, that's a secret that no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. MK Conquest is well known to have kept almost everything they shot in the final product. However, the movies uh, might be a different story, especially in Annihilation, where they cut out heaps of stuff due to budgeting and time constraints. Can you recall any uh, fight scene footage or any additional scenes uh, that were meant to be much longer in the series, but just didn't make the screen fully? Um, I don't recall them specifically because there were so many. There were so many between this, these characters and that care those characters and these characters, and so it was it was a lot to keep track of. Um, mostly, I noticed Robin Shoes uh, fights got cut, uh, so they weren't as oh. good as you know, that that we had wanted them to be because a lot of those moves were cut. Um, it happened with a lot oh. of the fights. A lot of, you know, some of the best moves were cut. I mean, we had a editor that I think wasn't a big martial art person. It's funny you say that because, yeah, it's funny you say that because Keith Cook, who played uh, Reptile in the first film and Sub-Zero in the second, well, when he was at, uh, I forget the exact name of the place, uh, Chinese Theater for an anniversary event, he said that yes. they actually cut out most of his Sub-Zero versus Scorpion fight. And he was very disappointed yes. by that. Yes, that. That is true. That is true. Yeah. That fight went on yeah. for, well, I think we were filming it for three days. It was a long fight. Wow. And, um, and then, you know, with the ice bridge and everything else, right? Do you yeah. remember that? Uh, oh, of course. Uh, the effects and everything, and then we had wire work, and then, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and also, in regards to the Molina fight scene in Annihilation, um, did they ever speak to you about uh, doing some other stuff that didn't really make it through? Like, from what I understand, Melina was originally supposed to have her nasty, ugly teeth, but they they uh, decided against it. And she was supposed to wear contact lens, which made her look more like the Turkan species she was. Is this true? Yes. Uh, that I don't, I couldn't tell you. Um, I do know that there was some talk about the face. Uh, and they decided for simplicity a mask. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, but I do despite like, but his I do, popularity. I do like the butterfly or, or whatever the dragon thing was on my shoulder that flew away. I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, despite his popularity... Conquest, unfortunately, never went on uh, to a season two. I'm curious. Were you eager at the time to possibly reprise your role uh, had this season, had this new season come to fruition? Oh, absolutely. Um, Sion was the undead, so you can't kill her. <laughs> so she's always going to be lurking around somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. You must yeah, have been pretty devastated when it got canceled. Uh, devastated, no, because that's the film business. Uh, you just roll with Fair. the punches. Um, you know, you just have to let it go and on to the next one. 
which I think was Charlie's Angels or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because you, you guys ended the show in 99. Pro- oh, I couldn't tell probably you. Probably short, shortly thereafter. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, there was actually a live-action web series well before the established Mortal Kombat legacy. The series was called Mortal Kombat Federation of Martial Arts. I believe it consisted of uh, about 55 episodes that were very short in duration, all relating to the continuity of Threshold's movies and Conquest. This show was directed by John Medlin, who played Ermac in Annihilation. Could you elaborate more on this particular show, how it was filmed, and of course, how it felt reprising the role of Sion? Do you know what? I was completely out of the loop on that one, so I'm sorry. Uh, I can't. I can't give you the answers that you want. Um, I, I heard about it from the peripheral and um, wasn't a part of it, and so didn't really know what was going on. Oh wait! So they just used yeah. stock footage of you? I imagine so. Yeah, because I remember. I remember oh, seeing some. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yes, I remember seeing a fight actually going, hey, wait a second. How come I'm on there doing that when, you know, I never filmed it? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Stop what? Okay. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah, a lot of um, actors or martial artists, I guess, technically reprised their role from stock footage. But I know that there was legitimately some new stuff filmed like when Lynn Red Williams who played Jax he actually came back and did some new dialogue and stuff like this okay so we can now confirm that it was just stock footage for you yes yes we can confirm that because I definitely did not do any of it and and, and I was going to say <laughs> wait a second I said it before <laughs> uh, Dana you're a motivational speaker and also a published author what enticed you to head in this particular direction and could you tell our audiences a bit about your books such as uh, zero fear and one step courage the latter of which is also being turned into a film by threshold entertainment absolutely that's right boy you're privy to all kinds of information um yes we're doing a film (laughs) we're doing a film with the first part of my life and um from abandonment and abuse uh, to being on the streets to um, having a dream in high school. My dream was to go, I, I, got, I was very good at track and field and the high jump. And my dream was to go to the Olympics as a high jumper. And so I was with a foster family and they encouraged my dream. And there was a Stanford University coach who wanted to pick me up and, and teach me and bring me through Stanford and help me become an Olympic gold medalist. But in the midst of it all, I freaked out. I had been so used to being stomped on and pushed down and uh, never believing in myself and believing that I was worth anything. And that had been ingrained in my head since I was a little girl. And so for, to, for me to be able to turn around and then take this dream and make it come true and high jump, it freaked me out. I was like, what if I fail? What if I fail? I'll be devastated. And so I gave it up. One day I just turned and walked away from my coach, never say goodbye or thank you. And that really, really stuck in my heart. The fact that I was such a, a coward, you know, for running away from something, uh, from running, running away from a dream. So when Olympics were, were introduced into the Taekwondo world and I had just placed mm. second at my first nationals, it was like God hit me on the head and said, all right, you fool, what are you going to do? You know, here, I'm giving you a second chance. <laughs> what were you? Are you going to do it? Are you going to take it? Are you? So what? So I basically drew the right. line in the sand, in the sand and said, I'm going to fight for what I want. And what I want is that Olympic gold medal. And the rest is history. A long history. (laughs) A lot of work. That's absolutely astonishing. Uh, Me and everyone else were really looking forward to seeing that, Dana. 
a long time ago, far, far away. Well, so it used to be that Taekwondo was a full contact fighting sport. And the best way to win was by knockout. Um, Mm -hmm. Things have changed and they've recreated the sport. And so it's a game of tag now. And there's all kinds of fancy kicks that they're doing and pulling out, you know, the elephant kick and the scorpion kick and the this and that and the other and the flip kick. And <laughs> and uh, so hopefully uh, it's hard to say what's going to happen, but in my film, I'm hoping to use some of those trickier uh, kicks that, that are just like you going, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yes. You were actually nominated for the World Taurus Award due to your fabulous work in Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Aside from Mortal Kombat, I'm also a massive Terminator fan. Fill us in on how it was working on the crane sequence, uh, as well as reuniting with Kristana Loken. Ah, very good, very good. Um, well, you have a lot of information right, but one thing wrong, and that is it was Charlie's Angels that I won the award for. Um, but oh, working interesting. On the, yes, for the very first Charlie's, Charlie's Angels, and they're going up in the plane and then falling from the plane and blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. But for Terminator with Kristana, it was a blast because I got to sit in this big, huge crane and act like I was doing everything when I wasn't doing shit. I mean, we had someone <laughs> underneath the... <laughs> we had someone underneath blind driving, pretty much. Well, he wasn't really completely blind. Um, but anyway, he almost ran into a lighting pole. And so we almost got electrocuted because <laughs> there was this big, Whoa. huge, open thing that's supposed to be a window but there's no glass and uh so it's a good thing we didn't run into the lighting pole yeah yeah so was it nice to see again i guess it was about four years after conquest i think yeah yeah i mean it was great i mean it was so great to see that she had succeeded so so well um because we struggle so hard You know, as actors or stunt people or whatever it is in the film business, it's so tough. Um, It's like a cat, you know, clawing its way up the walls, you know, and then sliding down again. I mean, it's so tough. So to see someone make it, it really feels good. It feels like, wow, I know her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, Dana. We're now going to jump to the final segment of the show, and it is called Final Round. So what we're going to do for this final round is we're going to ask you some quick questions and try to get to know you a little more. So the first question is, what are some of your secret talents or something most people don't know about you? Uh, Tongues? Like as in language? Uh, secret, Secret talents. Oh, talents. Okay. <laughs> well, that reminds me. Uh, languages. <laughs> languages are one of them. Um, <laughs> so I used to be fascinated with Asian language and culture. And especially with the martial arts, it just tied right in. And so I studied a lot uh, culturally and with languages. So I can read and write a little bit of Korean. And so when I get off the the plane in Korea, I I know how to say, go to the hotel or to the restaurant or to the wherever. So it's very handy. Very handy. Um, As far as other talents... as far as other talents, strength is has always been one, uh, and also strength of mind. Um, my ability to focus, my ability to focus has been, it's been a blessing and it's been a detriment, uh, depending on what's happening in my life. Um, but I, I'm like born near the ox, and I just tend to plod straight forward, you know, and that 
that's what my book is all about, One Step with Courage, um, is if you can take the first step with courage, then surely you can take the second and the third because the first step is absolutely the hardest thing to do, especially if you've never done it before. And, and so it can be, you know, uh, overwhelming uh, to think of getting an Olympic gold medal. How the heck am I, I'm nobody with no training, no real training, martial arts, I mean, for Taekwondo, uh, how am I going to win a gold medal? And I did it step by step by step. And one step leads to the next and to the next. And the thing is, one step creates action. And what happens is when you have action, you have this inertia that's that's going. That's you have you ever seen one of those uh, uh, those those six balls that hang together and you click one and then you click the next one. Yes. And have you ever seen that? Yeah, like a pendulum. And um, what happens is you set something in motion, and things begin happening that you have no idea. Doors start opening, or doors close, and and so you maneuver. And um, so it all has to do with one step with courage. Wow. Beautifully stated, Dana. Very, very, very good. So what is the most daring thing you've ever done? Uh, well, that's debatable. Um, I think barbed wire <laughs> is, is right. I think barbed wire is right up there. Uh, Pam Landerson, 5'5". Five, five, I'm like 5'10". She's in a bustier. Uh, thigh-high fishnet stockings with uh, thigh-high boots with stilettos like this. And um, I'm, talk- I'm talking to the director who I worked with on the- previously on Batman, and I'm like, how are we going to do this? I, I mean, I'm 5'10", she's 5'5", five five, and she's like out to here, you know, stacked, and not me. And uh, so I'm like, what the heck? So anyway, we shade in. Uh, Because all you see is skin. So we shade in all around here. And uh, I wear the bustier. We pat it up and everything. And and sure enough, we got away with it. I mean, you see me up on a crane, 100 feet in the air, going 360 degrees. Halfway, uh, I'm against concrete. Halfway, I'm against a channel of water. And I, I, I get kicked, and I flip backwards off of the car, and if I had not caught every single time the edge of the, the window, there's a good chance that I could have hit the end of that cable that I was on and snapped it and fallen 100 feet to the ground or to the water. So Whoa. that and peace. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah, pretty crazy. I have a question for you. What are you most proud of? Um, overcoming my fears, um, mm. because I used, I used to be afraid of my own shadow and I, I, I couldn't handle any type of conflict, uh, argument, uh, any, anything like that. And I learned to get through that and to face my fears and to overcome mm. them. You know, little by little by little by little. And so I'm a completely different person today than I used to be when I was married for 11 years. And I want much, I want much more. I wrote my book. Uh, I have two other books, My Dirty Laundry and The Fly in the Kitchen Window that I still need to finish. And we have the movie coming out. And um, so I, I'm still ambitious. I still want, still want. Excellent. What would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Don't let your mind tell you what you cannot do. Mm. So nine times I grew up with my mind telling me I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Uh, this is impossible. Uh, and it, you're feeding your brain all of this information and it counteracts any type of positivity in your life. And so once you can stop that 
Um, I, I use it uh, an analogy of, of like the old fashioned fire bells or fire bells at, at schools where you would break the glass and you would pull the lever and all of a sudden this huge ring, 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 you know, fire alarm goes off. I use that as an analogy of Dana, stop it. Stop right now and replace that negative thought with the positive one. That changed my life. That's what made me who I am today. Powerful. Very powerful. What type of music do you enjoy? All kinds. <laughs> I even listen to Asian, <laughs> uh, Tibetan, uh, Thai, uh, Japanese, Chinese, Korean. Um, I, love, I love watching foreign films. Uh, I love rock. I love definitely uh, older rock. I, I'm a big fan of I never get tired of it. And I love classics. Classic. I, I love the classics, Frank Sinatra and whatnot. They're, they just, they do something for me. Yeah, understandably so. What was your very first job ever? Undercover Blues with Kathleen Turner and Gina Davis. And I did more stunts on that film and got paid more money than any other show for such a short period of time. I made like 50 wow. grand in two weeks. Um, did stuff like drops from helicopters into the mud, uh, racing up and down uh, greasy uh, stairs of a, of a, of a mine shaft, uh, racing a Jeep in a mine shaft thousands of feet beneath the, the earth. And you're like on, it's, it's like uh, dry, uh, dry ice and, and uh, black ice. So you never know what, when you're going to be hitting something. You're on a drop-off uh, drop curve. So it was very, very dangerous. And then I fought Cheryl Wheeler, uh, the late Cheryl Wheeler Duncan. And, um, and so we, we just went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I mean, we, we were very well matched. <laughs> What it? What is your guilty pleasure? Hmm, that's a good one. I'm very bad at, at <laughs> pleasures for myself. I, I would say a good massage. Good massage. Oh, okay. That's right up. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> no. I mean, between that and jacuzzi, yeah. <laughs> and. Finally, what is one of the funniest things that has ever happened to you or something you'll just never forget? Well, definitely um, striding that fence on the long kiss goodnight. Uh, I only, <laughs> not only did I do it once, not only did I do it once, I did it twice. So I don't think it gets any more funny or embarrassing or anything other than that. I mean, making fun of yourself in front of the entire cast and crew uh, and the director going like this. This is my Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> and then, and then, and then what's so sad is they didn't really put the rest of it in, in the film, which was me climbing up, like leaping on seven foot fences, five foot fences, over them, over three foot fences. I did all this stuff over and over and over all day long, and they cut the majority of it to like two moves. What? I know, oh. I know. I was like, and I, and I bruised my the heel of my my foot down to the bone, and uh, you do it, you know, landing from seven feet up because I'm jumping up with a with a rifle and ice skates and everything else, and yeah. So uh, I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dana, we've come to the concluding point of this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. But before we go today, is there anything at all that you'd like to promote at this time? And lastly, where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook, and that's the main thing. Um, I'm supposed to be on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm, I just don't do much with it yet. Um, <laughs> As far as, uh, I think my books, I would like to say, hey, you might want to take a look at that because it explains a lot. 
explains how I went from ground zero to 60. Uh, how did I, no one, with no self-confidence or self-esteem, win an Olympic gold medal? So that's in One Step with Courage. And the book Zero Fear is, um, is actually a uh, different version of One Step with Courage. It's a younger version. Um, I didn't feel it appropriate to talk about much of my uh, inner life and the, the suicides of my family and things like that to a young audience. So, so Zero Fear cuts that out. Yeah. And it's more about the positive and uplifting. Good. Yes. So, again, yes, we appreciate your time and uh, we hope to connect with you again shortly and uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, friends. And that's a wrap for today's episode. We thank you all for the kind support towards the podcast, but we'd also like to implore you to support Dana by checking out her available books. In addition, make sure to keep an eye out for any future updates regarding the feature film about Dana's life story. Kamidogu is already looking forward to what's up ahead. Until next time, have fun. Stay safe and stay flawless.